church family. So my husband asked me to come up and give you all my greeting once again. So so good morning to you all. Whatever format you are worshiping with us on, we are grateful in spite of technology and the, the wonderful things about it and the struggles that come with it, kind of like life has been for us this year, right? But in spite of all of that, we still posture ourselves because while we may not always be able to control technology and life around us and pandemic and, and all the things, we can posture ourselves as worshipers who enter into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. So do you want me to read Psalm 100 once again? Okay, well, I'm going to take a moment of his preaching time and uh, read to us the word of God from Psalm 100. David says, oops, let me get back to it here. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. You know, today my heart overflows with thanksgiving because it's my son's birthday. Happy birthday, Dante. And our son, yes, I have the Amen. mic, so I said my son. Yourself. But you know, I I didn't do it by myself. <laughs> but <laughs> even if it weren't his birthday, a day that my mother heart is overflowing with gratitude to God for giving me a son, I still count today as a day of Thanksgiving. As that old hymn says, God's been so good to me Mm. and God has been good to you. And the fact that we can listen to his word from the message and we can watch service and we still have breath to breathe, you know, in this COVID time, we don't take anything for granted. Mm. So I hope that you will enter into his gates with thanksgiving and praise now as we continue this service and enjoy the word of God. And in time, we're able to enjoy the worship as well and come back together. But Let's posture ourselves. Let's control that under the guidance of the Holy Spirit today. So God bless you all, and I pray you have a wonderful Thanksgiving week. Amen. Thank you, babe. I just want folks to look at you again. That's all. I, that's all. That's all. Amen. And speaking of Thanksgiving, I just want to say thank the Lord for the people of Strong Tower Bible Church Um, You showed up uh, last week and you distributed baskets uh, to those in our community who needed a little encouragement and assistance for Thanksgiving. Um, Yesterday, on Saturday, 49 Thanksgiving boxes were given away. 49 boxes. And six more will be delivered today in the Edge Hill community. So Strong Tower Bible Church, all of the volunteers and everyone who gave, I just want to say thank you so very much 
for being the hands and feet of Jesus. Um, we call it a food bank for a reason. Because when you have a, a bank, there are times you go to the bank to make a deposit, to put something in, and to make a withdrawal, to take something away. And life will have us at different places and spaces at different seasons where sometimes we are those who can make deposits. Other seasons, we are those who need to make a withdrawal. So at Strong Tower, we encourage our members to make a deposit financially or to make a deposit with goods and items so that those who need to make withdrawals can do, some, do so in a spirit of dignity and respect. Because again, the tables can switch and turn at any given time, and you or I might be one in need of assistance. So, so thank you, Strong Tower, for blessing folks in the community. Um, Brother Clifton and one of our newest members, Sister Kim, they were able to pray with several people yesterday who came through to receive these Thanksgiving boxes. And so here are just some of the stories uh, that I'm going to read to you about people who were prayed over and prayed with yesterday. A man by the name of Mr. Bullock, he wanted prayer for his daughter who had a baby yesterday. His prayer request was for God to bless him with provisions to help feed and take care of his daughter and his new grandchild. He wanted the strength to provide for his daughter because he did not have anything to give and he did not want to go back to the streets in order to provide for them. In other words, he didn't want to go back to a life of crime. So Elder Clifton prayed and asked God to bless Mr. Bullock with the strength and provisions needed to provide for his daughter and grandchild. He was very, very thankful for the food and agreed to trust God and wait on God to provide for him. Uh, secondly, um, they prayed with a young lady that will be spending the first Thanksgiving without her son who died earlier this year. She was very emotional. Her family just moved here to stay with her, and they have nothing. She lost her second job due to COVID-19, and she was very thankful for the Thanksgiving box. And we prayed that God would comfort her during this Thanksgiving and Christmas season and give her strength and provide for her every need. Thirdly, there was another young lady and her father who were also thankful for the food box. Her husband lost his job and is starting a new business. Her prayer request was for the success of his business. So they prayed over him for a successful business and for God's provisions. You know, the Bible says in Psalm 41, verse 1, blessed is he who considers the poor, the Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. Blessed is he or she who considers the poor. Because God says, when you consider the poor, I'll deliver you in your time of trouble. My God, you can't beat God giving. God sees all, God knows all. And sometimes he allows the poor to be with us so that it can be a revelation of what our hearts are like and whether we will serve them and minister to them and treat them with dignity, to treat them as if they were the Lord Jesus Christ himself, because in some cases he, they very well might be. So Strong Tower bless you, and we thank God for the boxes that will go out today. And uh, as you prepare for the word, would you turn in your Bibles to Luke 
chapter 1. We are in a new series called Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. We are starting the Christmas season early here because of 2020. Um, you see, the birth of Jesus hits a little differently this year. We're, we're always grateful and uh, always thankful for the fact that God sent his son, Jesus Christ, into the world that he might save us from our sins. Uh, and so we, we're just starting the party a little early uh, this year. Um, so this series, we're going to focus on eight messages about messed up people living in a messy world during a messed up time, looking for hope in the newly born Messiah. So that's what this series is about, messages about messed up people living in a messy world during a messed up time, looking for hope in the newly born Messiah. And in the song, O Holy Night, it says, a thrill of hope, a weary world rejoices. And right now, I know many of you are weary. And some of you are weary to the point where you don't even want to do good works anymore. And we know we're encouraged in the Bible to not be so weary that we, we don't perform or do good things. But I know some of you are very weary. Um, I'm weary. My family is weary. The quarantining and all the things that come with it, the things that are happening in the media uh, with politics and the transition of power in our country by way of the presidency, um, the job market, all the things that are going on, um, we're weary. But the songwriter again says, a thrill of hope, a weary world rejoices. Weary folks can rejoice because of the one who was born on a silent night over 2,000 years ago to give us hope in the midst of our weariness and in the midst of our brokenness, our darkness, our despair. Jesus is the light of the world. And so today, to carry on in our series of Merry Christmas, I want to preach a message today entitled, A Messed Up Situation. A Messed Up Situation. So let me pray for us. Father, I thank you that today, as I stand behind the sacred desk to preach your holy word, to your redeemed people. You are alive and well. You are present in our lives. You are the God who will never leave us nor forsake us, the God who won't put more on us than you can bear in us. We just want to say thank you for being that friend that sticks closer than any brother. Thank you, Lord, that though we may find ourselves walking through the valley of the shadow of death, depression, discouragement, we don't need to fear any evil because you're with us. Your rod, your staff, they comfort us. Lord, would you anoint our heads with oil today? Might our cups that may have been empty and dry for a long time, Holy Spirit, might our cups overflow today with fresh oil from you. Might we get some hope this morning that we can turn around and spread hope to somebody else. God, I'm asking a lot, but as we're going to be reminded of today, nothing is too hard for you. Lord, would you stop by every home that's dealing with sickness? Father God, would you rebuke COVID-19 in the name of your son, Jesus? Would you heal your people in the land? Thank you, O oh God, for your power, 
to save and to deliver. Now, Lord, help me to preach your word in a way that you will be honored, glorified, that, Lord God, I will be consistent with what the word says so that, Lord, you can work a work in your people. Starting first and foremost with me, we thank you. And if there's anyone lost who doesn't know our Savior, Lord, I pray that today would be the day of salvation. For it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Yes, Lord. A messed up situation. I don't know if you're ready for this word today. I don't know. But let me tell you what, I'm excited about what I'm going to preach today. I'm always excited when it comes time to open up God's word and read it, yet alone proclaim it or teach it. And so today, a messed up situation. Now I'm going to take you back with my introduction, okay? In 1997, a music documentary premiered on VH1, and it was called Behind the Music. Can I get a witness? <laughs> Each episode profiled and interviewed popular music artists and music groups. The show examined the beginning of their career, their road to success, and the hardships they encountered along the way. Of the 244 episodes that were made between 1997 and 2014, the first two episodes were dedicated to none other than Millie Vanilli and MC Hammer. Oh, yeah, behind the music with Millie Vanilli and MC Hammer. So again, th this show looked at the beginnings and the successes of all of these musical artists and these groups. But they also went behind the scenes to show you how MC Hammer squandered $33 million, to show you how Millie Vanilli lip-synced their way into <laughs> being famous. And so the people who stand in front of the brightest lights often go through the darkest of nights. Oh, my, did you hear what I just said? The people who stand in front of the brightest lights often go through the darkest of nights. And like behind the music, the Bible goes behind the scenes to show us the upside and the downside of the people that God used. He does that to give us hope because if he can use them, he can surely use us. And we see this this morning with two of the people where the Christmas story actually begins. And I'm talking about Zacharias and Elizabeth. So if we're really going to get into the Christmas story for the remainder of November going into December, we've got to start where it all began, and that's with Zacharias and Elizabeth. And before we get going, just so that I can let you know that I've been studying this week, uh, Zechariah's name means the Lord has remembered. And Elizabeth's name means God is my oath. The Lord has remembered and God is my oath because as we're going to get into this today, this brother's going to go through a season where he's going to wonder, has God remembered him? And that might be somebody right here right now who feels like you've been forgotten from the Lord. 
And outside of looking into the scriptures to, to see that he has not forgotten you, man, throw on some Israel Houghton and, and put that song on that says, I am not forgotten. God knows my name. He hasn't forgotten you. And so Zechariah, his name means the Lord remembers. And then his wife's name means God is my oath. In other words, God is going to keep his word. And so she's going to go through a season where she's going to wonder, God have you kept your oath towards me and our people? But as we like to say around here at Strong Tower, God is rarely early. He's never late, but he is always on time. I just wonder, can you wait on him a little bit longer? Can, can you wait on the Lord and have your strength renewed? But Zacharias and Elizabeth, they are the ones who begin the Christmas story. So in Luke chapter 1, I will begin reading at verse 5. And the Bible says, There was in the days of King Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. His wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. Did you see that? So these were two good, godly, upright people. They were, in today's vernacular, they were a power couple. I mean, they were blameless, which meant that they were above reproach. And as best as they could and as best as they knew how, they kept the commandments of the Lord. They lived with piety. This man was in the priesthood. Oh, boy, what a family to emulate. What a family to look to in the midst of, uh, as we learned last week, a crazy world in which Jesus was born into. Yet God has a witness everywhere that there is a remnant of folks who will, who will remain faithful in the midst of unfaithfulness. And we see this with Elizabeth and Zacharias. Now we got to go to verse 7. So, so it just can't end right there at verse 5 and 6. We, we got to go to verse 7. And you see the first word there, but, uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. We saw a bunch of positive things, good things, great things about this blameless, upright, holy, godly, committed couple. Then verse 7 has to come and mess it up and say, but. But they had no child. Because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well advanced in years. Did you read what I just read? So verse 7 says, but this couple, they had no child. Elizabeth was barren, and they were older than dirt. Did you read what I just read? So all that stuff we just read in verses 6, 5, and 6 that speaks of how great these godly people were. Then there was a but to their situation. Now, this is when their situation becomes messed up. That's right, I said it. Verse 7 says that their situation was messed up. Once again, no child, barren and old, and that was messed up. So my question is, why does God often call people who have great limitations and extreme personal challenges 
to do great things for him. Why does God do this kind of stuff? Why does he call Abram, who has a barren wife named Sarai, to start a great nation? Does God not know that there are some physical limitations and problems within their marriage and even in their body? Did he not know that when he called them? Why does God call people like you and like me who have limitations, shortcomings, defaults, and defects to do great things for him? Well, I need to let you know that there was a whole lot of messed up things going on with Zacharias and Elizabeth. And if you're not familiar with their story, man, take some time and read Luke chapter 1. I'm going to go over what the passage says, but I can't give you every verse in which it's found. But just trust me. But above all, trust the Word of God. Get into the Word and read Luke chapter 1 sometimes today or this week to see what I'm talking about. Because there were several things, y'all, that were messed up about that situation. Number one, it was messed up how Zacharias and Elizabeth spent many years not being able to have a child of their own because they're old. And so they've had to spend many years in a culture that defined worth by having children and by having a lot of children and to take it a step further by having male children. And so they went many, many years not having a child and therefore being scorned and bearing reproach within their community. It's kind of like, you know, when, when singles who, you know, go to church and love God, and, 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 and maybe they're in their 30s, or don't let them be in their 40s. And, and you got other Christians who mean well, but speak wrong, and basically say something's wrong with them because they don't have a husband or a wife yet. And so every Sunday they come to church bearing scorn because somebody's going to say something to them about not being married. What they need to do is mind their own business and work on their own marriage. Anyway, let me stop. Let, let me leave that alone. Let me leave that alone. All right. Uh, uh, it was messed up how Elizabeth in particular spent many years suffering reproach for not being able to have a child. In other words, it hit her differently than it hit Zacharias. It hit her differently when she would be in the marketplace around the other women who had children of their own, and here she is as an older woman, and she doesn't have her own child. And so she is past the childbearing age. She has been struggling with this for years. How many folk out here have been struggling with something for years? How many of you have been going through something for a long, long time? Hold on. There's a word for you today. Another thing is, it was messed up how Elizabeth spent many years being barren and suffering shame. It was messed up how they went many years without seeing their prayer get answered. Ah, oh boy. When the, the angel shows up and talks to Zechariah, he says, your prayer has been heard, meaning that they had been praying year after year after year after year after year for a son, for a child, to perpetuate the family name. And finally, on this particular day, on this particular situation and scenario, God hears their prayers and answers their prayer. So there's somebody today, it's messed up that you've been sending prayers up, but God hasn't answered your prayer yet. But can you just hold on a little bit? I know it's messed up. I know you're ready to give up. But hold on, hold on. It was messed up 
how Zechariah was smitten with muteness because he questioned Gabriel. Again, if you read the story or refresh yourself with the story, the brother said to Gabriel, how can this be? How can I have a son when I'm old and my wife is old? And because he doubted, Gabriel smote him with muteness. I think that's messed up. I think that's a little bit harsh because Gabriel is like, look here, man, I stand in the presence of God. So you better know that when I say it, it's true because literally it came straight from the throne room of God. But here you are questioning what God has said. And so therefore, discipline is coming to you in the form of muteness. I think that's messed up personally myself. It was messed up how Zechariah, after <laughs> getting struck with muteness, still had to finish the work week out because when they went into the temple to minister to the Lord, that would take a week long of work, uh, seven days of work. And so I'm like, man, this brother sees Gabriel on the first day and he gets struck with muteness, but the Bible says he had to continue on in his service in the temple. So what that says to me is he had to go to work even though he probably didn't feel like it. He had to go to work even though he was tired and had a, an affliction in his body. Is there anybody here, you see tomorrow is Monday, and you might be like, oh, Lord, I don't feel like getting up and going on. But you got to go on, right? That, that's the sign that you're an adult, that you are mature. You got to go on when you don't feel like it. And Zacharias, he stayed working even though he could not talk. And even though... He saw an angel and I believe was traumatized because the Bible says that he was fearful and he was trembling. Uh, uh, listen here, and, and if you've never seen an angel, you, you don't know what this brother was going through, all right? Because they are ministers of light. And so this guy is standing there in all of his awesomeness and, and Zechariah is supposed to be in there by himself. And all of a sudden, this angel, this man appears and he may have been hovering. We don't know for sure. But, man, that will freak you out. And that's messed up that after seeing something like that, I can't even talk. I can't even scream. I can't tell anybody about it. Matter of fact, when he left and went outside to the people, he, he couldn't tell them. So he, all he could do was gesture and say, this brother was messed up. I think it was messed up <laughs> of what he went through, y'all. I believe it was messed up how Zechariah went nine months not being able to talk. Oh, boy. Some of us can't go nine seconds. Some of us can't go nine minutes. Man, nine hours. Not, we even talking our sleep. Nine days. Nine weeks. This brother went nine months, and he couldn't talk. Y'all, that's messed up. Not only that. It was messed up how Elizabeth hid herself for five months after getting pregnant. So after she gets pregnant, and I'll talk a little bit about that in a moment, uh, uh, she can't even let other folk know. Because as an older woman, she might be thinking, I might not be able to carry this baby full term. So I want to get to a place where, you know, it's safe before I tell folk. And so she had to keep that good news all to herself, at least for five months. Man, I think that was messed up. You see, it was messed up that two good, godly, and faithful people had to suffer this way 
and had to suffer this law. Once again, they are old. They don't have a child. And the Bible says that she's barren. To me, that's messed up. That good folk got to endure such suffering. But isn't that what life is about? Jesus said that uh, in this life you will have tribulation or suffering or persecution. And so because we're in a fallen world, we're all going to go through hardships and hard things and hard times and hard seasons and hard days and hard weeks and hard months and hard years. But the devil wants you to think you're by yourself. The devil wants you to think you're the only person going through something that's really difficult right now. But I'm here to let you know you're not the only one. And when we read the scriptures today, you can be upright and in love with God and go through some messed up stuff. And I believe that God is trying to develop this thing in us called long suffering. Oh, we don't want to talk about that, do we? Uh, we, we like to talk about the fruit of the spirit of love and peace and joy. But that next one in Galatians 5 is long-suffering. That's also a fruit now. We, we want to skip right over that one and get to kindness and all that other stuff. Wait a minute. God wants to develop patience in us. Y'all, I got to tell on your executive pastor, Pastor Jerry. I, I got to tell on him. The brother had a major surgery to his mouth uh, about 10 days ago. And they had to go in there and do some stuff on him and all of that. And um, Jerry has admitted to the staff that he wasn't a patient patient. Oh, did you hear what I said? Homeboy wasn't a patient patient because when he went to go get his follow-up, he was complaining about like, why am I still feeling this pain? I thought I should be further along than this. And the lady thought, like, now, uh, um, has it been a long time since you had the surgery? And he was like, no, nah, it's been a couple of days. So she was like, you need to be more patient in the healing process. Oh, my, it's nothing worse than an impatient patient or an impatient Christian who uh, uh, get tired of waiting. On, we, we pace in front of the microwave. We, we punch it for 30 seconds, and we, we pacing, man. It's taking too long. But when God starts putting us in the microwave and when God puts us in the oven because we look good on the outside, but he's trying to cook us on the inside to get our heart right. You know what I'm saying? And God is like, I got to leave you on the grill a little bit longer. I got to leave you on the stove a little bit longer. I got to leave you in the fiery furnace a little bit longer. And we're like, oh, no, Lord, I'm burning up in here. No, you're not. No, I'm burning the dross off of you. I'm burning the impurities out of you. I'm taking you through this to make you more like me to make you look to me and to make you look for me and so stop complaining about the trial and the waiting and say thank you Lord thank you in the meantime and so we see their situation man it was messed up but let me encourage you with a couple more things from Dr. Luke okay Luke writes to us this gospel and the Bible lets us know that he was a medical doctor and so there are passages in the Gospel of Luke that speak of people who had to suffer long, especially in their bodies. So Elizabeth was not by herself. Luke 8.43, the Bible says, Now a woman 
having a flow of blood for 12 years, who had spent all her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by any. 12 years of bleeding, of hemorrhaging, of being perpetually unclean within that culture and that society. So once again, shame that goes along with her pain. My God. Luke 13, verse 16, from the New International Version says, Then should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound for 18 long years, be set free on the Sabbath day from what bound her. So I know sometimes we think God is cruel, and sometimes we think God doesn't know what's going on. I'm here to let you know he knows everything that's going on with you and with me. I mean, he is so awesome. He can control all of the galaxies and the universes and the billions of stars and know their names and still know every hair that's on your head and every pain that's in your heart. He knew how long this woman had been suffering, but he had to take her through long suffering. He had to develop in her this thing called patience because on a particular day, the Lord was going to show up and turn her sorrow into dancing and to turn her weeping into joy. Jesus showed up on that day, but he said, man, she's been suffering for 18 long years. And this just wasn't, just wasn't some malady in her body. Jesus says this thing was also authored and orchestrated by Satan. Oh, my God, why do you do that? His ways, somebody said, they're higher than our ways. He wants to know, can you trust me when you're going through, when you got to wait on me? And then Luke, who writes the book of Acts, he says in Acts chapter 4, verse 22, about a man who had been born crippled. He says, for the man was over 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing had been performed. So he's sitting there in a crippled condition. He grew up as a child being crippled from the womb, growing up as a man having to beg outside of the temple. And on a particular day, Peter and John go by to go to church, and they stop long enough saying, we don't have the silver and gold that you're asking for, but what we do have in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. You see, here's the deal. What each of these stories have in common, yes, folk had to wait long. One went 12 years, one went 18 years, another went 40 years. And we don't know how many years uh, Elizabeth went, but man, it was a long time. But in each story, God showed up. And in each story, when God showed up, he showed out. And he made it worth the wait when he showed up. And thankfully, thankfully, with Zacharias and Elizabeth, there was a bright side to their story. So many things were messed up in their situation. Several things, but, but several things, as we're going to see, were blessed up about their situation. There was a whole lot of things that were messed up, but the text shows me there were more things that were blessed up. And before I tell you all the ways that they have been blessed up to overcome how they have been messed up, I want to let you know that if you only focus on the things that are messed up in your life and you don't look at how blessed up you are, you can only blame yourself 
for staying in the gutter of despair because God has been too good to you and to me in spite of how messed up things are and how messed up we are. He has blessed us more than we have, we have messed ourselves. Oh, 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 come on now. y'all, Go with me now. It was blessed up that God chose this couple to have the son who would announce his son. Oh, my God. I could stop right there that they have the distinct honor of having this miracle baby named John uh, to, to announce the miracle son of God coming through Mary's womb as the Messiah, that John was the forerunner, that John was the opening act, that, that they have the honor of having the son who's going to introduce Jesus. Oh, oh that, that's mighty right there. Another thing, it was blessed up that Zechariah's priestly division was serving in the temple that day because there were 24 different divisions of priests. And back in the Old Testament, David was the one who set things in order for the temple of God and how the priests were to go in and minister to God by burning incense at the altar of incense. And at the time of David, 1 Chronicles says that there were 24,000 priests under King David, and he divided them up into 24 divisions. And Abijah, which was the division of the priestly line that Zacharias was, was of, they were in the eighth position based on the casting of the lots. So they were in the eighth spot, and each one of these tribes, or, or these divisions rather, would minister before the Lord for a week, twice a year. Now here's the deal. Because there were so many priests, it would be rare if the lot, they would roll the holy dice, if it fell on you to be able to go into the temple and burn incense when your division was to go twice a year. Man, because of all the priests in each division, man, if you got to do that, that was a privilege, that was an honor, and a lot of priests died never having the honor of going into the temple to burn incense. But when God, who sits high and looks low, decides it's your time and it's your turn, my God, it's time. God was setting them up to go into the house of the Lord, to, to just do priestly duties, to burn incense, which was a picture of prayer going up to God. God says, let me control them dice, how they roll in them. Proverbs 16.33, the lot is cast into the lap, but every decision is from the Lord. This is not happenstance or circumstance. This is providence. And God says, I'm going to hook it up where this man goes in. Why this family, Lord? Why did you choose them to be able to give birth to John the Baptist? I don't know. Why did he choose you to live in America with all of his problems? Why did he choose you to have a portion of health and strength? Why did he choose you to hear and know Jesus Christ for yourself? Why did he choose you to be able to do the things that you're doing? Why did he choose you to hear my voice right now? That's God. So God selected this family, and it was blessed up that the lot fell on Zacharias that day to offer incense before the Lord. And they probably went in during the evening sacrifice, so it's even darker inside the temple, and then all of a sudden this angel is going to show up. But let me tell you something. It was blessed up that an angel showed up and not a demon showing up. 
Oh, you don't want to hear me. Because Joseph Smith went into a cave, thought he saw an angel, but in reality, he saw a demon. And so when Zacharias sees this being, this being is holy. This being is good. This being is from God. He could have seen somebody else, so it's blessed up. And when the angel comes, I believe it was blessed up when he said to him, fear not. Because he could have said to him, man, get your house in order. He could have said to him, woe unto you. But it was blessed up that he heard from Gabriel, man, don't be afraid. It was blessed up that Gabriel was standing on the right side of the altar, which was the side of favor and grace. Because had he been standing on the left side, that might have meant judgment was coming. Oh, if you just look in the text, there are many ways this brother and this sister, they have been blessed up by the Lord. And it was blessed up that Zacharias has the distinction of seeing an actual angel. How many of your friends can say they saw an angel? And when some of them tell you they saw an angel, you might not want to believe it. You might want to ask them, what have they been drinking? Because everybody that say they saw an angel, (laughs) I don't know. But this brother said, man, I've seen an angel. And watch this. Watch this now. It had been 400 years since there had been a prophetic word from God. And Zechariah is so blessed up that he happens to be the first person in 400 years to hear a prophetic word, not from a prophet. He about to give birth to a prophet named John, but he hears it from an angel named Gabriel. What an honor for this man to have. So when you start looking at how you're blessed up, it causes the things that are messed up to be a little bit smaller, to have a little less grip and power on your life. But I'm not done. It was blessed up that God named Zacharias' son John. God named his son John. And John means the grace of Jehovah. And remember now, Zacharias' name means Jehovah has remembered when he probably thought Jehovah forgot. But on this particular day, just going about doing mundane things, Doing his job in the temple, God interrupted him with a blessing of blessing. Some of us are sitting down waiting on God to just part the sky and speak to us and do something great, a theophany, a Christophany. God is like, no, you will find me in the mundane stuff. David was out there killing a bear and a lion, and they called him over to kill Goliath. Man, just doing the mundane day after day. Man, and God will show up and meet you there because when you're faithful over a few things, he'll make you ruler over many. While this brother's going in offering incense, God shows up through Gabriel, the angel, and says, man, your life is about to be changed because I heard your prayer, and I'm going to give you that son that you've been asking for. And he's not just going to be any son. He's going to be the forerunner to my son. Oh, that's blessed up, y'all. Oh, y'all can't hear me. Oh, my goodness. And it was blessed up that Gabriel said, many will rejoice at the birth of this child. Many will rejoice. It was blessed up for Zechariah to hear that his son would be great. Every father wants to hear that his son or his daughter will be great. Every father likes to clip newspaper clippings and and, and collect articles of when their son or when their daughter did great things. And God is saying to Zechariah, your son is going to be great. It was blessed up for Zechariah to hear that his son will fulfill scripture from Malachi chapter 4 and that your son will be a prophet. 
And not just any prophet, but a prophet like Elijah, who was one of the greatest prophets in all of Israel's history. It was blessed up to hear that about his son. And it was blessed up for Zacharias to hear that his son will be the forerunner to the Messiah. And Jesus came along later in Matthew 11, verse 11, to say that John the Baptist was the greatest person ever born of a woman. So watch this. They're giving birth to this boy who's the greatest person ever born, obviously outside of Jesus, but Jesus didn't have an earthly father, so he's in a category all by himself. But in terms of people who were born to fallen parents and being a fallen person, Jesus says there's nobody greater than John, but you can be just like him if you humble yourself. You can be just like him if you put me on display. You can be just like him if you announce my coming to the world, but nobody greater than John the Baptist who said I must decrease so that he might increase. Oh, my, my, my. It was blessed up for uh, that although Zacharias couldn't talk, he could gesture and he could write. Yeah, he couldn't talk. And maybe it's suggested in another passage that he couldn't hear. But he could gesture and he could write. So you might not be able to walk real straight like you used to because you got a little limp in your hip, but you're walking. You walk because there's somebody laying down that wish they could get up and walk like you. You may not be able to hear real well, but you can hear a little bit. You might not be able to see like you used to, but you can see well enough. And so Zacharias, man, he couldn't talk, but he could gesture and he could write. Watch this. It was blessed up that Zacharias had a job. <laughs> he had a house and he had a wife to go home to. Because after he finished working, the Bible says he went to his house. He went to his wife. So it's blessed up because that spouse that uh, uh, you're having trouble with, that you're tired of, there's somebody wishing they had the problem that you have with the spouse you have. That house that you complain about all the time, there's somebody wishing they had the problem that you have with that house. And so this man was so blessed up, he had a job, and he had a wife and a home to go to. All brothers, get ready for this. Get ready for this, brothers. It was blessed up that Zacharias, an old man, could have relations with his old lady. Oh, you didn't hear me, that this old man could have relations with his old lady. Uh, uh, and watch this. Homeboy couldn't talk with his mouth. But when he got home, he must have been talking with his eyes. Oh boy, you got to have a strong rap to be able to get with your woman who's old. Oh, I can't go too far because the children might be watching. But your rap got to be strong. You can't talk. But, but, but hey man, y'all got together. And not only did y'all get together, God sent some heavenly Viagra down there for you. I don't know what, but you got together because God gave you a promise. And not only that, you had enough fertility in both of your bodies to get pregnant. Man, that's blessed up. <laughs> oh, look, see that y'all don't want to read the Bible for real. You got you got to read the Bible for real, okay? Because it's dealing with real people with real problems to, to minister to real people with real problems. It was blessed up that God took away Elizabeth's reproach. That reproach she had been carrying and carrying and carrying. Luke 1.25, she said, the Lord has taken away my reproach. 
Not only that, it was blessed up that Elizabeth was related to Mary in her supernatural, excuse me, related to Mary, the mother of the Messiah. So again, we see the specificity. We see the providence of God orchestrating events. And if he can do that for them, he can do that for us. It was blessed up that Elizabeth could encourage Mary in her supernatural pregnancy because Elizabeth got pregnant first through natural means with her old husband. And then Mary, her relative, got pregnant supernaturally with the aid of the Holy Spirit. And so when Gabriel told Mary, I know all of this is news that that you're going to carry the Messiah, but guess what? Your cousin also has experienced a supernatural birth in her old age, and, and you need to go check her out. So Mary went to Elizabeth's house to hang out to get some encouragement with somebody who was going through something similar to what she was going through. And this is why you've got to not only have relatives, but you've got to have people in the body of Christ to help you when you're going through stuff that, that you feel like you're by yourself because the devil wants you to think you're by yourself. And it's like, no, you're not by yourself. Somebody else in the body of Christ has been through that. They bought the t-shirt and the hat, and you need to go and talk to them and get encouragement and get wisdom. Don't try to do do this stuff by yourself. That's why we got to be connected as sheep in a sheep fold. And Mary says, I'm going over there to Liz's house. And she stays all the way up until Elizabeth gives birth to John because she's got to go back and tell uh, her husband, uh, Joseph, what was going on with her situation. And we'll get into that in a little bit in a couple of weeks. Y'all, y'all, this is good stuff. But not only that, not only that, it was blessed up that John was filled with the Holy Spirit and leaped in Elizabeth's womb. It was blessed up that Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. It was blessed up that Elizabeth teaches us how to view Mary. She said to her relative, you are blessed among women. She doesn't say that Mary is blessed above women, but she's blessed among women. We honor Mary, but we do not worship Mary. We worship Mary's baby, the son of God, the Christ of the world. And it was blessed up that the whole community came to rejoice with Zacharias and Elizabeth. It was blessed up that God allowed Zacharias to speak again because there was some folk in his family. You know, we all got them. Uh, they they, they like, okay, you done had this boy. Eighth day, we circumcising him, and we're going to name him Zacharias. And Zacharias like, no, no, no. But, but first, Elizabeth speaks up, and she says, no, we're not naming him that. We're going to name him John. And then some of these relatives, they said, y'all don't have nobody in your family named John. Uh, So they're trying to take over this situation. Then all of a sudden, uh, 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 Zacharias, he says, "Uh, y'all bring me one of them writing tablets. He he motions for it. He gets a writing tablet. He writes John on the tablet, hands it to the nosy family members to say this is what his name is going to be, John. And at that point, that's when the brother's mouth was loosed and he could start talking again. Just like Gabriel said, now watch this. When his mouth was loosed, the first words that came out were not cuss words. They were not complaining words. They were not murmuring words. Why did I have to go nine months with that? Why did you do that to me? That was a, No, when his mouth was open, the Bible says he started praising God. Let me tell you something, man. One of the greatest things you can ever do is to use your mouth to bless God. 
because there may come a time where you may not be able to open your mouth and bless God. There are people who go through strokes who can't open their mouths and bless God. There are people with breathing contraptions in their mouth who can't open up their mouth and bless God. And that's why the Bible says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. You better praise the Lord right now because you don't know what tomorrow may hold and bring for you. While you got strength and breath in your lungs, use your mouth to praise and bless God. Don't take it for granted. So when we do get back up in church, don't you be that kind of Christian who's going to sit on his hands and not lift them. Don't you be that kind of Christian that's going to watch the folks on the stage sing, but you won't sing. How dare you not open your mouth and give God the glory that's due him. Use your mouth and bless God while you have the chance. That man opened his mouth and praised the Lord. And not only that, he started prophesying. He started prophesying about what God was doing in that moment and he was so blessed up that he said that God is going to visit us with the day spring from on high. Who is that? Jesus the Messiah. He's saying that in my lifetime the Messiah that we've been waiting for ever since Abraham, the Messiah that we've been waiting for ever since Malachi ended his prophecy, we've been waiting for him to come and he's here and I'm not going to give God praise but watch this. The Messiah has already come. We're waiting for him to come again the second time. But in the meantime and in between times, I'm going to praise the Lord. Is anybody here going to open their mouth and give God a thank you? Give God a hallelujah. Thank you, God. Oh, my. It's messed up when you don't praise God when you know you can and when you know you should. That's messed up. But this brother said, Lord, I praise you. You see, it was blessed up how God used Zechariah's and Elizabeth's story of struggle to say to those of us in the midst of our struggle that we can make it too, which is why I close with these words from Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse 36. Again, this is recorded for us because you're going through something that's messed up. But there's a couple who trusted God and they were blessed up. And the Bible says in verse 36, Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Because people kept saying that that old couple will never have a child. People kept saying that that barren woman would never have a child. And Gabriel wanted Mary to know if she just was told something that was huge. Go and spend time with your relative. Why? Because they got a testimony to tell you. They can now say that with God... Nothing is impossible. What we thought was impossible is now possible because God stepped in and made impossible possible. So, honey, you go hang out with them, people who've seen my miraculous hand, people who know my power at work. Hang with them as your stuff, as your miracle develops. And so God may be taking you through what you're going through. That long wait, your situation is messed up, 
but he might be taking you through that so that God can use you as a living epistle and a walking billboard of his mercy and his power to provide, to show other people that what was impossible with man was and is possible to God. But your friends will never know that if you faint in the day of adversity. Your friends will never know that if you give up now and stop trusting God and turn away from God and lean on your own understanding. I just wonder, can you wait on the Lord? Because what he's doing in you and for you is not just for you, it's for somebody else who's watching you and who need to see God in action in your life. For with God, all things are possible. So why does God often call people who have great limitations and extreme personal challenges to do great things? He does this so that he can be the one who ultimately does it, and that he can be the one who ultimately gets all the glory once it has been done. In other words, he allows the obstacle as an opportunity for you to see how powerful your God is and for others to see how powerful your God is. He's going to use the test and the trial to show off his glory, to show off his power. But can you wait on him? Can you trust him that he can turn this messed up situation around and remind you of how blessed up you are? Because if you put the things on your life that are messed up on a scale, and you put the things on your life that are blessed up on the same scale, because sometimes we got to open up our eyes and see what is going right. we got to open up our eyes and see what prayers he has answered. And when we put them on a scale, I have to believe that the ways that you are blessed up far outweighs the ways that you have been messed up. (laughs) But even still, even still, I got to say this to you. The purpose of the Christ coming was to die for your sin, to save you, to save me, which is the greatest miracle of all because it was messed up when Jesus died on Friday for things he didn't do, but for things that we have done. It it, it was messed up. But I thank God that on Sunday, when he got up, it reminds reminds us of how blessed up we are. And if God can do that to save us, you are more blessed and more loved than you can ever comprehend. So why don't we start setting our mind and our affection on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God, and take our attention, our focus and affection off of these temporary and worldly things. Oh, beloved, the word went out today so that your faith might be increased. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. You are more blessed up then your situation is messed up. And if you have faith, pray with me right now. Jesus, you didn't even say we needed to have a lot of faith. We just need to have faith the size of a mustard seed. And even when we struggle, we can say, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. 
I am imperfect and my belief is imperfect, but I'm trusting in a perfect God who has perfect timing and does all things beautifully. Lord, I pray that you would step into the situations of your people under the sound of my voice, that they would be reminded that although they've had to wait for a long time, that doesn't mean that you don't see them waiting, that you're developing something in them before you do what they're waiting on you to do for them and around them. Forgive us for when we complain. Forgive us, Lord, when we take our eyes off the prize. Forgive us, God, when we want to put our crosses down because we think they're too heavy. Forgive us, God, when we accuse you of being unfair. But help us, Lord, in our suffering. Help us, Lord, when things are messed up to trust you, to wait on you, and to see how blessed up we are while we're waiting on you to deliver us. Lord, I pray again for that person who doesn't know your son, Jesus. Lord, I pray that today would be the day of salvation. Going to church will not make you right with God. Trying to do good things will not make you right with God. The only way you can be right with God is to receive God's son into your life as your savior. He died so that you won't have to. He shed his blood so that you don't have to suffer from the penalty of sin, but you must receive the Redeemer. You must receive the Savior. You must believe on the Lord. You must confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead and you will be saved. You will begin again. Your sins will be forgiven. Oh my, oh my. If you've never trusted Jesus, now is the time to do that. Say, Lord, be merciful to me. I'm a sinner. I need Jesus, the one who died and rose from the grave for me. And if you've prayed that prayer, if you've asked the Lord into your life, angels are rejoicing in heaven right now. And there are family members who know the Lord who want to rejoice. So I encourage you, go tell somebody. Say, Grandma. You've been praying for me a long time. Grandma, I accepted Jesus today. And watch her get filled with the Holy Spirit. Watch, oh my God, go tell somebody that you became born again today. And if you need a church home, if Strong Tower could possibly be the church home for you, please email us and let us know. Please contact us and let us know and start 2021 with a church family. Don't be a sheep out here without a sheepfold or an under-shepherd. It's time to get connected. I know they hurt you in the past, but what God wants to do with you is not in your past. It's in your present and in your future, and you need to be obedient and not forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. You need to get into a church, even a virtual church. You need to be obedient. And if Strong Tower is that church, we would be honored to speak with you online. We would be honored to, to watch for your soul. So we thank you, God. Now, unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask or imagine. And it's according to the power that is working within us. To him be glory, majesty, dominion, and power in the church both now and forevermore. And all of God's online, virtual, Holy Ghost-filled, loving Jesus saints said,
Amen. Amen. Come on, open your mouth and give him a prayer. He's been good to you in the midst of a hard season. You're breathing right now. You can see right now. You can hear right now. You can move right now. Give him some glory right now. And as the Lord leads, we'll see you next week. But have a safe Thanksgiving. Keep washing your hands. Put your mask on. Keep your social distancing. Have a blessed and safe week. And Lord willing, we'll see you here next Sunday. Amen. Thank you for joining us today at Strong Tower Bible Church where Dr. Chris Williamson is senior pastor. We hope you enjoyed worshiping with us and will join us next Sunday morning right here for our 1030 a.m. service. Be sure to stay informed on upcoming Strong Tower Bible Church events and activities. Download the Strong Tower Bible Church app in the App Store or visit our website at www.strongtowerbiblechurch.com We pray you have a blessed wonderful and safe remainder of the day and we'll see you next week same time right here at the tower